Hello, and welcome to the Full Moon Tomes podcast. Unleash your inner dark side. For we're about to go on a journey into the depths of the underworld. From ancient mythical beasts to tales of forgotten lore, this is your home for dark tales of the occult and the paranormal. Our story begins in the Kingdom of Cusco, a small kingdom located in the Andean mountain ranges. It began as a small state, and later on through war and assimilation grew into the Incan Empire over time. From 1438 to 1533, the Inca Empire grew to encompass a large portion of Western South America. At its largest, it comprised of Peru, Western and South Central Bolivia, Northwestern Argentina, North and Central Chile, and a small part of Southwest Colombia. This was comparable to the great historical empires of Eurasia. The Incas had many local forms of worship. Although the Inca leadership encouraged sun worship and greatly revered the sun god Inti, and imposed its sovereignty above all other cults. The Incas considered their king, the Sapa Inca, to be the son of the sun. The Incas were extremely superstitious and had a number of traditions that cemented their beliefs and dedication to their gods. That's where our story takes a dark turn. Now, the practice of human sacrifice has been well documented all throughout human history and occurs across cultures. Humans have been sacrificed in the past to mark special events at royal funerals, in response to natural disasters, to commemorate the construction of monuments, and even to ensure fertility and good health. In some cases, sacrificial victims have even been executed to serve high-ranking individuals and royalty in the afterlife. The Inca were no different. The Capacocha ceremony involved the movement of the victims from the communities of conquered provinces toward the capital Cusco. Those chosen were transformed into Inca-style offerings in the capital city. They were the sons and daughters of local chiefs and also included the chosen virgins of the sun god. They traveled in ritual procession to sacred places through the Incan Empire and would be buried at predetermined locations as offerings to the sun god Inti, as well as a homage to the sacred sites themselves, known as Huacas. In September 1955, while ascending Mount Ampato, Johann Reinhard and Zarate found a bundle in a crater that had fallen from an Inca site on the summit. They were surprised when upon further examination, the bundle contained the frozen body of a young girl. Nearby, they also found many items that were left as offerings to the Inca gods, including llama bones, pottery pieces and small figurines. They were strewn about the mountain slope, close to where the body had fallen. The body and the items were transported to Arequipa to prevent it from thawing. The maiden and her counterparts were in a remarkable state of natural preservation due to the extremely cold weather conditions just below the mountain's 22,000-foot summit. Unlike mummies from other parts of the world, she was so well-preserved that her skin, organs, tissues, blood, hair and even stomach contents were able to be analyzed. This gave scientists a rare glimpse into the Inca culture during the reign of the Sapa Inca Pachacuti. 
They were so well preserved that a biochemical analysis of their hair uncovered what they ate and drank during the last two years of their life. The data uncovered supported historical accounts of a few select children taking part in a year of sacred ceremonies, marked in their hair by changes in food, coca and alcohol consumption that would ultimately end in their sacrifice. Young sacrificial children entered altered states as a result of the deadly cocktail of drugs and alcohol. Radiologist Elliot Fishman concluded that she was killed by blunt trauma to the head. He observed that her cracked right eye socket and the two-inch fracture in her skull are injuries typical of someone who has been hit by a baseball bat. The blow caused a massive hemorrhage, filling her skull with blood and pushing her brain to one side. Death by trauma to the head was a common technique of sacrificing children in this era, along with strangulation and suffocation. This served as well to make them more accepting of the dark fate that awaited them on the mountainside. Forensic and archaeological expert Andrew Wilson of the University of Bradford says, In terms of mummies that are known around the world, in my opinion, she has to be the best preserved of any of the mummies that I'm aware of. She almost looks as if she's just fallen asleep. The incredible level of preservation gives analysts the ability to understand and recreate the events that took place 500 years ago. Wilson continues, I suppose that's what makes this all the more chilling, Wilson added. This isn't a desiccated mummy or a set of bones. This is a person. This is a child. And this data that we've generated in our studies is really pointing to some poignant messages about her final months and years. After studying the data, it is understood that she appears to have been selected a year before her actual death. During this year, her consumption of coca and alcohol surged. You have to understand that these substances were controlled and not available for daily use. She lived a simple life prior to her selection as a sacrificial victim. Markers indicate that she consumed a lot of alcohol and coca in her final year. Why do we resort to such levels of barbarism? How could we imagine that taking a young life would appease the so-called gods? One can only imagine what went through their minds as they walked hundreds of miles on a pilgrimage that eventually ended in death. Someday, in the distant future, somebody else may look at some customs we observe in our religions today and wonder how we could do such unspeakable acts all in the name of religion. Thank you for listening to the Full Moon Tales podcast. If you enjoy the content, please subscribe. For story requests, or any other feedback, please send an email to thefullmoontales at gmail.com.